0: Hey, Wild Feathers, we are going to be airing a blast from the past or a previous episode this week and possibly next week because we're in the midst of launching a new brand and it is a lot of work and it has been consuming our time. So we're digging in to some of the oldies but goodies. So it's always great to go down memory lane. So join us. Welcome to the Wild Feather podcast. I'm Brooke Dunwell, serial entrepreneur, sponge for life, and lover of people. Join me as we uncover the stories of courageous female entrepreneurs, founders, and investors pushing beyond limitless boundaries. Let's explore their creative journeys and pursuits to greatness. Sylvia Goracek is joining us today. Sylvia is a leader and strategist helping Fortune 500 and tech companies attract audiences through powerful storytelling content. She co-founded a content marketing agency called Be Magnetic and has directed content creation for Uber, Pokemon, Samsung, and many more companies. In addition, she founded an app company and was well on her way to success, raising funding, and gaining traction when she suddenly had to walk away. She shares with us some key learning lessons. Thanks, Sylvia, for joining us today on The Wild Feather. I hope you're doing well. Thank you Brooke. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, of course. We're excited to have you. So, you have a unique founder journey and it all started, well, you after you graduated high school, or college, after you graduated college, uh, you worked at a media production company and then you moved to the states from Warsaw, Correct. right? Yes. Yeah. So, that has to be a transition within itself, but then your founder career started after you got to the states that's true the startup founder
1: career i want to say because yeah. um, in warsaw i was on the founding team of okay. the media production agency uh, so we also actually um, you know built a film studio and kind of you know we're running the company but the i want to say the serious stuff started in the u.s yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah and what better place to start than silicon valley right? That's true.
1: And (laughs) I was moving with my husband and we were both, you know, thinking like it was like a start from the scratch, you know, and so we could pick to come here to come wherever. Mm -hmm. And um, I always wanted to be in the center of everything, really. So that's why I moved from my hometown to Warsaw you know in Poland to the capital of Poland and then in the states I was like heck it let's do Silicon Valley you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> now does your husband do startup work too or what does he do
1: yeah he's an entrepreneur he's also in media and um and IT and uh-huh. he has um stock footage licensing platform with their own original content called the raw film Um, so it's, could be like Netflix for producers, filmmakers, you know, and, um, also subscription based. So he's in the space. And, uh, so we're both
0: really pretty much mentoring each other. I feel like. That's awesome. That's fantastic. So tell us about your startup journey. Oh, wow. Okay.
1: (laughs) Well, I know it was, it's been
0: quite a ride.
1: It's been a ride. Uh, and I'm so happy to be able to tell the story and I am hoping and trying to really um, maybe share my lessons, you know, across different channels. And I've been doing that for years with many different audiences because I feel like we're so typically when we're starting, we're just, we we just have no clue what to expect. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I try to do it on events and thank you for inviting me to your uh, podcast. Absolutely. Um, I want to say that I've had the courage to maybe when I have ideas, I want to put them, you know, into action to make it happen. And so I I think I get so excited about them and feeling like the mission, you know, getting so emotional about them that I just jump in, you know, and that was the case with, um, with my first startup. Um, It was called Spray and, uh, when before I actually, well, I want to say maybe during the transition of moving to the U.S., me and my husband, we did the um trip across the U.S. Uh, via Route 66 oh, uh, nice. from west to east. And, you know, that took us two weeks. We recorded a music video on the way. And um and we actually got married on the way too. Oh wow. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> kind of decided 2 days in advance to get married in Vegas like we would not have time for that later so
0: <laughs> no money. <laughs> Let's do it. Did you do the drive up or did you go to the chapel? We explored it all.
1: The drive up was so fun to see. You know, we were we were really fresh from Poland so it was like a whole different world. Oh sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny and um we did no we went to the city hall okay in the end because we wanted to record our our vows not necessarily the the wedding i want to say i don't know like it wasn't it was super small we didn't even have a witness and we (laughs) we were laughing because um you know there were so many um People with flyers on the streets, like and shouting at us, "Free witness, free witness," you know. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
1: Oh, it was hilarious. And um, so we didn't have a witness, um, but we wanted to record it. And those chapels, they wanted to, you know, charge us. They didn't want. Uh-huh. They didn't want to let us have our own camera and whatnot. So we decided we'll just go to the city hall, and it will be fun anyway. Um, but the, you know, I can go deep into so many stories, just stop me when I'm going <laughs> yeah, to <you're> fine. <laughs> um, but this is a fun anecdote. And, um, and then, so the other part of our trip, like all the way from Vegas to Chicago and New York, you know, we were married, right. And we were having fun and we knew this is, you know, a great time of our lives and, we wanted to share that with people, like we wanted to celebrate. We didn't have like a proper wedding. So wanted to, you know, hang out maybe with the locals, you know, along Route 66. And we didn't have really a way to kind of talk to them unless we kind of poked them in the arm and, you know, and kind of said, Hey, we just got married. Do you want to have a beer with us? Right. And I, you know, as much as I think I'm, um, brave enough to kind of jump into businesses, startups, and like go, you know, and aim for the stars even. I'm also shy at the same time, uh, you know, in many situations. So we didn't feel like we want to talk to those strangers. And I felt like, why isn't there an app where we could actually just, um, just um, send a message or somehow leave a note to people around us? in a in in for example you know in the one mile radius that you know that we are in the bar and who wants to join us you know mm-hmm. okay Actually, until this day, I cannot think of a good app that can do it. I mean, there are location-based apps and, you know, but in most of them, you check out people's profiles, you kind of judge and choose who you want to talk to. It's oftentimes it turns into like dating, you know, offers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to to be able to use a kind of messenger platform, you know? To do that. And and I was, you know, and then we were starting our lives in Silicon Valley. I was really waiting for something like this to pop up. Um, but then you hear about all those investors and investments and like startups and everything. And, and 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 I was like, how about we try to raise money, you know, and try to do this thing. And yeah, that's how it started. I had no clue what I'm doing, where I'm heading. I just knew it's a big adventure. And if we manage to raise some funding, then maybe we can, uh, mm, mm, you know, transition into doing that and kind of put the media production work on pause. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Now, when did you start Be Magnetic? Did you start that before you started um, this? Spray? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yes, it's just the name. I, ch- I rebranded it, you oh, know, okay. meanwhile a little bit and and expanded my services um, mm-hmm. lightly to content marketing. Initially, it was more of like a media production and so, you know, primarily focusing on video and commercials which is still my great background, and and I always, you know, am proud of of doing that. I did so many commercials for Fortune 500 and other brands, um, but yeah. Meanwhile, with my experience in working for other brands, helping them really do their content marketing, I felt like I just want to make it official that this is my
0: range of services. Sure, sure, yeah. Okay, so tell us about Spray because your journey, you had success, right? You. Were- You raised funding. Yes. And what was that experience like? Because you didn't know anyone um, in Silicon Valley when you moved here, right? So, how in the world did you get networked into the right people? How did you work that? Like, Mm
1: -hmm. I know there are
0: lots of people across the US right now that maybe have a startup. Idea or starting, but they have no idea where to go, what to do, how to even begin to connect with investors or other people. Right? Everyone's at different stages. So, how did you? Yeah. How did you manage that?
1: Yeah, and that's a great question, uh, and I'm glad you asked this. So, when I'm, you know, going back in my memory, I think that. The way we started and the way that's really the best to start and the fastest to start networking anywhere you are. And that's also advice I gave to so many people was to go to events, right? And I mean, pre-COVID, that was pretty easy. Um, I, I now am hearing that events are getting also, you know, started again, Okay. Uh, everywhere in Vegas and in in San Francisco, so uh, I'm hoping we'll go back to normal. But yeah, we went to networking events or to even dinner parties, you know, among friends that we already met there, and we were hmm, we weren't siloed about the idea because um, also so many um, so many founders are so protective of their ideas that they don't want to talk about them. And Mm -hmm. also one of the num, you know, number top advice, uh, some of the top advice that you can hear also in renowned accelerators and among investors is to not be. Uh, shy about the ideas and talk about them Mm because chances are really low that someone will just steal it they have you know all the opportunity and time and they're right in the right moment in their lives that they can just pick up your idea and do it Mm -hmm. it takes so much to do it so chances are so low and um, on the other hand they are so high that you'll find people that can help you Right. You know, so we were talking about this idea um, and we were looking for people who have bigger networks um okay. in Silicon Valley and can help us raise the initial funding and, you know, um, incorporate
0: and things like that. So that's how it started. Yeah. Interesting. OK, so tell us about the journey then. So you started, did you start as a solo founder or did you have uh co-founders? Right. So Jacob, my husband,
1: uh, we were planning to do it together because he's the IT guy. Mm-hmm. So he could totally lead uh, an IT team once we have the funding. Um, and we, but you know, we had the same exact same networks. <laughs> so we had to find someone who can help us raise money. Okay, And so we onboarded another co-founder that got really excited about the idea and knew a little bit more people than us, than we did uh, in the Valley and also helped bring on the first in, uh, angel investment. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were three of us.
0: Okay. And did you outsource your development of the app or did you all do that, like hire your own team to do that?
1: Yeah, initially for the beta, we outsourced it in Europe. Okay. Um, I believe that was Romania, I think. Mm-hmm. We found one of the you know, dev houses there and outsourced it. It, it had to be cost effective. Mm-hmm. So um, it was a, a big factor. Um, and it worked to some extent we ended up with um with um, a prototype i want to say i'm not sure if you can call it beta. it came much later though than we were planning and hoping for and it was really stressful because we knew our funding depends on that beta, Mm -hmm. and so and also we had like start we started to have investor meetings lined up um and then, you know, it, it was extremely stressful. Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> you know, you have those meetings with serious people lined up and you mm-hmm. not necessarily have a demo to show. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was hard. But that's that was the only way we could think of to start back then. And it was 2013. So, you know, now I guess there are maybe more tools or like cheaper ways to do it. Um, but yeah, that's the, the only way we could go back then. But for those meetings that we didn't have the demo, at least we could have an explainer video. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. You know that was our background, mine and Jacob's background, the the media production. So we 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 hired our best designer that we knew, that a uh, motion designer that could really animate and explain our video. And at least we could use that to, um, to present the concept to investors, and and that worked.
0: Yeah, how important do you think it is to have that? uh explainer video you know because there are a lot of pitches that go on these days and i've sat through several myself uh and a lot of people don't use a video Mm -hmm. um a lot of people don't use music a lot of people don't use all the flashy stuff how impactful do you think that is or important or do you think it is
1: yeah that's a great question um i guess it may depend depend on the product how yeah. easy it is to explain um the use cases and the value uh, and product as we know is not the only thing that investors judge sometimes it's one of the last things that they mm-hmm. that they take a look at but i guess like with like with everything, you know, if you're able to visualize thing and maybe things and maybe bring emotions in, mm-hmm. it's even sub- subconsciously, you're, you're more able to kind of hook the audience at least to what you're mm-hmm. doing. It's definitely always an added value. It's not a must have, I feel. Mm-hmm. In our case, it was really helpful because within... I think a minute and a half or two minutes, it really explained those different use cases with spray. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when we talked about like, it's um, it's something you can message people nearby and blah, blah, and everyone was asking, okay, but what do I use it for? You know, and mm-hmm. um, it just helped. So right. Right. Uh, it's good to have. And nowadays I feel like maybe there are more ways, more again, more cost-effective ways to, to do it. Sure.
0: Sure. So how long was, so you worked at Spray or you were building Spray for a couple of years? Yes. How long would you say? Like two to three? Two, from 2013 to 2015. Okay. And what was the story behind, like, why did you end up walking away? I find your story very interesting. And I really think that a lot of people, Mm -hmm. more than we would think, could relate to that.
1: Yeah, of course and I'm happy to share and I sure. you know I've also been doing that for for years because yeah it's uh resonating with many people and um I think that the the core um thing to think about when starting any company is to be really mindful about about the team that you're building, right? Mm-hmm. Especially the 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 first um, teammates, if they are co-founders, you know that's uh, that's a really serious um, type of um, engagement, right? With employee employees, you know, sure, it's it's great to hire great people, and then maybe you know, if you have to, you can fire them, but you're paying them for the time they spend at your company. But with co-founders no one gets uh, paid right so there are other incentives and typically those are shares and like you know equity in the company and that's a very very important decision that can make or break a company and i feel like in my case mm, i was so excited about the idea about being in the valley and um and I didn't have that startup experience. So, so, so really I was driven by my emotions and, and sure, it was great for, for a while. Um, but I, I think that's, that's the number one reason that, that things didn't really end up working out. Um, because I just was, you know, I was um, looking in, my cre- criteria was was maybe different than they actually should be. Um, and maybe vice versa, you know, I'm not saying I was the, you know, th- there was only one bad actor or whatever, but we just barely knew each other, you right. know? Right. And all I was basing on was like networking and maybe some initial angel funding, which are not the criteria for right. a- like <laughs> for a ceo of the company right Right. um so that's that that's that thing and it lasted two years we all had i think great intentions but then we figured maybe they are really going different directions after Mm -hmm. the first year and um and things escalated then quickly you know towards the end of the second year and i felt like i cannot do it you know and actually i i realized that with that through like paperwork and things that I also didn't care that much about I suddenly had nothing
0: to say mm, you yeah. know yeah so moral of that story is make sure you get the right founding team or co-founder and don't get blinded with excitement you made that statement when when we spoke before and I thought that was awesome way to think of it because I think we do, Tend to get so excited about something, we lose sight of the details, like the nitty gritty details, right? That mm-hmm. could ultimately ruin our company, right?
1: Exactly. And um, and another thing is the paperwork. You know, in terms of startups and things that you know are meant to raise funding, you're looking to maybe raise three, five million in the beginning, and you know, those are serious money. And there, Up
0: there, needs,
1: yeah, there needs to be paperwork in place, and so skipping through that and just not caring about this because you may think that other people have the same values like you do, and you know everyone You're a good has,
0: person
1: exactly, right? right? It's uh, yeah, you can find yourself in a situation where you end up having no voice and all of a sudden and it just comes as a surprise and you do not have another choice you have mm-hmm. to leave you can start a com, you know a competitive brand mm-hmm. if you want but then in in a, an environment like silicon valley it's not necessarily you know going probably to take you f- far at least in the beginning unless you have a thick skin because mm-hmm. investors who already you know, invested in that startup, they will want to protect um, perhaps, you know, that investment and keep, uh, you know, find ways to, for the company to keep going and whatnot. So in my case, and Jacob, my husband too, of course, he, we both left. Um, we didn't really go to investors and kind of complain on anything or talk about it or like, we, we, you know, we we had some equity still in the company, Not a whole lot uh, as it appeared, Um, Mm -hmm. but we did. And we felt like, okay, you know, let it be. I'm too tired. I got an offer to work at Apple, Apple Music, on Apple Music Project. And I was like, I want to rest mentally, which actually lasted maybe two months.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I will say that that kind of situation can really take the life out of you. Right. Mm-hmm. When you're going through all of that stress of start startups in general are stressful, right? And then you have something go awry, like um, your situation, it's almost like you have to take a step back to regroup to mm-hmm. like get sorted, right? So it took like two months and then you were bouncing back on your feet, huh? You went to Apple. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I actually went to Apple right away, but it took me two months mentally to just come up with a new project.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> That's not very long though. <laughs> not really. I don't need a lot of time, I guess. I really like to be busy. I like to be passionate about something, and that just gives me energy. So mm, I rested a little bit and then I actually felt a huge need like I guess you're feeling with your podcast to be able or help other people tell their stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe I wasn't that focused on telling mine necessarily on my platform, but I knew how much it takes to grow an early stage startup. And I realized that what I went through and I was experiencing, you know, in general also with the, you know, product launch and like just, just growing a business, um, wasn't, un- wasn't that unique. Honestly, the, if you call it founder drama that we had, mm-hmm. um, I later, later realized it was pretty similar to what Facebook went through in the, in the mm-hmm. beginning, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, they were so small. It wasn't a big deal. You know, it became a big deal in 2008. Right. Um, so, so uh, several years later when they were huge, but, and so many other startups and I had friends in startups and like everyone. So I felt like this needs to be told, um, mm-hmm. cause TechCrunch will not be necessarily writing about, you know, small startups going through struggles and like any other media really. And back then I couldn't find a channel uh, that would be talking about how it looks in silicon valley and so with again our media production background we we had the resources to get to start doing um an online talk show that's the, awesome you know that i called the valley talks and while working at apple you know in the evenings and weekends and really like then it turned out you know i was working around the clock but i was also doing that series where i um invited founders of mostly early stages but with some funding or with some history you know maybe going through an accelerator and whatnot that have experience and can share <clears throat> value and so I invited like throughout three se- seasons I recorded nearly 60 episodes um, of like a video talk show if you will in on uh, San Francisco financial district with 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 founders um, lawyers investors you know talking about the whole thing and i felt like i know all the questions that i want to ask you know what i mean so
0: right
1: uh so i did that in parallel when working at apple and later netflix
0: yeah and then so you were at apple and that was a contract position or was that that was contract position then you went on to netflix and now what are you doing now what i'm doing Uh uh-huh
1: Now I'm running, I'm back into my own agency business. (laughs) I I know, huh? Um, (laughs) But I feel like much more experienced, you know, much more mature with all the startup experience and then incorporating all the media production and content marketing. Because meanwhile, I was also in-house at another startup um, that sells consumer tech and I was running their marketing. Um, So I am much more confident in my role Mm -hmm. and um, in my role and also when it comes to hiring my own team and my offering and really growing this business. So Mm -hmm. I I love it. It's great, you know, and I'm happy to have had all those other, all the other experience um, so that I know what everything, how everything tastes. And I can actually apply my advice to my clients, really not only in terms of content marketing, but also we talk about growth. And if I have early stage founders, as my clients, we, we talk about some of the business priorities too.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you think you'll I mean, I realize your um, your content and media production company is going well, right? Right. But do you think two questions? Do you think that spray the idea or concept? Do you think that you'll ever relaunch a version of that and then do you think that you would start another startup company with another idea
1: Mm -hmm. that's a great question too so relaunching spray we or i was actually um again in front of a decision maybe whether or not to go back to what i created Mm -hmm. because two i think two years another two years after i left um, it was a really nice surprise, um, you know, and it was so amazing to to see that one of the first investors actually looks like appreciated my work um, and you know, wrote an email. you're like sitting, you know, you have a different life and you're just thinking about your future. Actually, back then, I was at Netflix, and our first investor was a Netflix co-founder. Mm. mitch low which has nothing to do with me working there actually but um i don't know even if he knew that but i'm getting this email that oh actually we got rid of the ceo and like you know we it turned out that things are not right and maybe weren't right earlier and sorry but you know we have all the ip maybe you would want to jump back in and and you know take it off again And that was mind-blowing to see Mm -hmm. because we were so heartbroken, you know, and we didn't go to complain to investors and whatnot. And turns out they found out on their own. It's just a little later. Um, And so that was the first moment when I could think about, like, do I want to go back to it? And I, but um, I felt like I'm in a so, so different place and it was such a roller coaster. And Jacob, my husband, he had his next startup already going. Um, so two of us running two early stage startups, <laughs> you know, I didn't feel like I want to go back there. Sure. Um,
0: so Understandable. It,
1: yeah, it wasn't a great time, I think. And I just let it go. And, you know, I'm thinking about this from time to time. And we're also talking about this because surprisingly up until this day it's 2021 i don't still see a mainstream app like this being available you know mm-hmm. we have nextdoor which is for neighbors only you know it's mm-hmm. not like here and now anywhere you you are and 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 I, I don't know i feel like there is still a potential maybe you know at some mm-hmm. point and not today cuz my agency rebranding and expansion of services is 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 pretty fresh too in terms of mm-hmm. like officially you know promoting it i want to grow that yeah and i love my business but maybe you know still in a couple years or maybe we joined or i join, you know some other company that does it like as an advisor or maybe on the board um we'll see i'm open to that
0: yeah that's awesome I'm very glad to hear that everything's going so well with your company your agency right now. Um, so what advice would you give to others when it comes to startups?
1: Um, well, number one is something that we covered. I'll just recap to make sure that your. um inviting the the right people to your founding team. Um, One good thing to look at are complementary skills. Um, So, you know, if you're friends with someone from college and maybe you graduated, you know, um, in the same field and you both have the same passions, that may be easier to start a company with someone, but not necessarily the best idea in the long run. Mm -hmm. Better to find someone with the opposite skills um so that's number one and then two i guess is really um um pay attention to 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 our arrangements in the beginning it Mm may not be the most fun time to talk about this but it's never fun and it Mm -hmm. will not be later Mm -hmm. it will just be harder so better do it sooner than later maybe you know firstly what's what what people can do and also that's not necessarily that common is is to come up with a prototype of a product if that's possible with maybe the latest tools maybe it's easier now and test the idea because um because also it's a little pointless to go through all the contracts and papers and hire lawyers when it turns out that your product may not necessarily be adaptable on the market like you're thinking it would so testing that either at the same time or maybe in the f- first place would be nice um and so that's like another um, really good advice i think in terms of startups to to not to to just to just do some you know work on your product in a prototype manner mm-hmm. not necessarily thinking the world will love it as as you're thinking it, right you know it will be those are the top three yeah
0: awesome what motivates you um oh <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah I need to think a little but I guess the mission behind what I'm doing okay. I you know in whatever I really did I wanted things to be meaningful impactful um even when I started in the media production business, I really felt the, the excitement and need to be able to tell stories, uh, you know, even through TV commercials, we're telling stories, right. Mm -hmm. So, so communicating things that will mm, just help people make good decisions, hopefully, you know, and so, so that was then, and then um, spray was an obvious motivation to um, to help people get um, together easily with strangers, mm-hmm. and then um, with everything I'm doing now with the agency, I'm really excited about um, storytelling and helping them, uh, the brands, tell the stories to their audiences in an impactful way. Mm-hmm. My tagline is. Um, Helping businesses attract audiences like a magnet. Ah, uh I like it. right? the The agency name is B Magnetic, uh, with the letter B Magnetic, and so uh, that's that's my mission in my business right now to to help brands
0: um, make an impact. Yeah. Do you have one marketing tip for startups when they think about marketing? Because marketing seems to be a very big challenge for a lot of startups Mm -hmm. right they don't know the best avenue so just from your personal your company etc do you have any tips like one tip that could help
1: right one tip is maybe it will sound really basic but something that really still companies don't necessarily do very often is to talk about when you're, when you're selling your product or your mission, talk about what your audience is gaining Mm -hmm. from your product or brand versus what you're doing. And that, and that sounds easy, but it's not that necessarily easy to do. Mm Uh, but it's like, it's a must, you know? Um, so, so that would be number one. And then in, so no matter what stage we are, you know, I worked with all different types of companies, those that are, you know, on um, on the public market or small startups, and all of them can still still often struggle with this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But as soon as we find that, um, it's it's easier. We can expand from there, and you know, maybe um, think of some um, similar ideas for for other types of content. And anyway, this
0: is just an important factor for mm-hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So one last, well, I have two questions. What do you want your legacy to be? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) not to throw Um, any, uh, hard questions your way, but yeah, if you don't know, that's fine too, but
1: no, I feel like it's, aiming for your dreams, you know, and not looking back and not being afraid um, because we are often scared of what people will say or whether we'll succeed. And I'm not really scared about that. I feel like in whatever I'm doing, the experience that I'm getting, is already a success,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, and it makes me grow. So you should be proud of this. And that's also something that I'm trying to, um, you know, repeat whenever I have a chance, you know, speak somewhere or, you know, talk to, to an audience. Also to my audience, I have um, some good followership in Poland where I'm from because um, I'm also producing as a hobby content about the U.S. and starting a life here uh, and so what I'm hearing often is that people are getting motivated by, by my story
0: too. And just oh, I love kind of taking chances. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that it takes a lot of courage and guts. And I think I admire you for taking the plunge. I mean, especially coming from another country and not knowing anyone and just diving in. That's huge. Thanks. Fantastic. Um, So how can we help you succeed? What do you, what do you need? Oh, well, I, I,
1: I guess really, um, I want, I would want brands to know about my agency and about what I'm offering, you know, and so that they know that there is actual help that they can get. I know it can be pretty, um, hard or, Um, even marketers can be, not only founders, but marketers can be lost as to where they look for help Mm -hmm. in terms of uh, content marketing and um, telling the brand story and thought leadership. And there are so many um, providers that I can come across, but I guess with my um, really cross, I want to say not cross-functional, but like, you know, all of the experience of the 15 sure. years experience, I feel like I can take a holistic look at a brand and really help them, um, in a tangible way, starting from week one. So that's my mission right now. And that's mm-hmm. why I start, I'm starting my own video series that I'm mm-hmm. going to be sharing on LinkedIn and on our newsletter on BeMagnetic.co um, with other guests again, you know, um, where we try to uh, bring that world of content marketing closer to Mm -hmm. other people, to other marketers and educate them. And also perhaps if they need um, help, Mm -hmm. um, then we're, we're happy
0: to do that. you create the strategy, do you implement it as well or, or just create the strategy? I mean, I understand taking the holistic approach and, whatnot, but some people don't want to do the hands-on experience, right?
1: Of course. And no, in most cases, we do execute, manage the whole thing. Yeah. Sometimes actually brands come to us with a strategy. So we're also happy to help. And with all of my resources, I know that things will be done, you know, quickly and in high quality and with content. That's one of the, I think, um, hard things to to do because it takes time to create content and if you choose people that not necessarily you know deliver it in a quality you want you're you're losing sometimes weeks and months so that's something um, my clients always get like they they don't have to there's pretty much no risk in terms of in terms of that Um, so we sometimes really only help them execute things and deliver but it all depends what they need but yeah we we
0: do it all so you work with startups and you work with brands bigger brands bigger companies is there a specific industry or are you not industry agnostic
1: um it has been mostly tech okay. um either consumer tech or b2b um and i'm i'm mostly sticking to that we're not saying no to brands that come to us that do um consumer products you know not necessarily tech but like pro- maybe I feel like this month we may start working on a campaign for like a cosmetics company, you know, but, um, and maybe a cooking company. But, um, like that's I'm fun. saying, you know, most of our work is around tech and that's something we're proud of. We have the, the team that I can also j- dive into and jump on projects that are heavily technical and B2B, you know, oriented. Um, so it requires a language that that maybe another agency not necessarily is able to deal with. So we have most of our clients are, are tech, I want to say. Sure.
0: Awesome. So where can people find you? I know you mentioned um, the website, magneticb.co. B magnetic. B magnetic. Oh, I got it backwards. Um bmagnetic.co though, right? C O.
1: Yes. C O okay. and B just the letter B, B magnetic. Okay dot co like you want to be magnetic to our audience right yeah um and that's the best place to go for our agency and then my linkedin is uh is a place where i'm really active okay on so finding me on linkedin sylvia goreik and saying hi connecting is, is something i i'd really love and be happy to do
0: awesome we'll include those links as well uh so everyone can get access to you quickly. Well, awesome. I so appreciate you taking some time to spend with me today. Yeah. And I love what you're doing. I think it's well needed. I think a lot of people get overwhelmed with content marketing. I know I do. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, and it's one of the biggest things that I hear from my guests is that they need help with marketing. Uh, So I think it's well needed. So it's awesome mm-hmm. and you have a great story good luck with the video series that's fun
1: thank you Brooke.
0: And keep us posted if you re-engage with the spray idea or if you have something else up your sleeve that you'll launch someday
1: i definitely will and i'm yeah. so happy to talk to you um to to meet on your podcast and i'll keep you posted for sure and i spread the good word and mission of your podcast as well well thank you so much all right
0: well have a great day thanks brooke you too thank you for listening to the wild feather be authentic be limitless and love yourself If you enjoy listening to our podcast, subscribe to our channel, The Wild Feather. If you want to learn more about our guests or their products and companies, you can visit our website at thewildfeatherpodcast.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter to receive info on our upcoming episodes. Follow us on social media to get the latest deets. We're on all of them, so pick your favorite and follow us. And if you're a founder and need funding or accelerator info or business resources, you can go to our website thewildfeatherpodcast.com and find some valuable information and resources there. No matter if you're a founder, you're an investor or what your path is, just remember you were born with wings.